Metallica. Here they come, the kings of metal. This is Ray Burton, and you're listening to Metal Up Your Podcast. Welcome to Metal Up Your Podcast. I'm Ethan Luck. And I'm Clint Wells. This is episode 326, and we're going to talk about the new Metallica single, the third one from 72 Seasons, If Darkness Had a Sun. What do you think about the title? Hello, darkness, my old son. Oh. Uh, I dig the title. I think it's really cool. It's heavy. So heavy and dark and mysterious and brutal. Well, here we are in lovely Cleveland, Ohio. We are at the Agora Theater, beautiful venue, big, uh, huge old room. It's like a 1900 cap room, and it's basically sold out tonight. Ah. Uh. They're all here for us, man. You smell that? The sweet smell of a sellout. This, <laughs> yeah, we sell out every room. Did you see these signs on the wall up here? Oh, yeah. No, I, I actually posted one of them. We'll read it here if I can turn around with the microphone. It says, do not say anything stupid. Skillet is on the other side, and they can hear you. Wow. Skillet was here last night with Theory of a Dead Man. That's right. Uh, I'm guessing like the opener was in this room, but uh, it's pretty. I I cracked up right when I saw that. Don't say anything stupid. Skillet is on the other side, and they can hear you. God forbid you say anything stupid that Skillet could hear. I mean, I, I'm guessing they're kind of easy targets. Um, their singer's kind of gone off the deep end. Oh, has he? In recent years, yes, yes. Um, conspiracy theory world, that kind uh-huh. of that kind of thing. Um, he's very vocal about it. I saw them in a church gymnasium in 2000. They were touring an album called Alien Youth. Alien Youth, I remember that. And they sold their own uh, Bible work study books that came with the album called, oh, okay. called Alien Youth. Interesting, okay. And you could uh, work through Bible mm. passages with the members of Skillet. Well, look at that. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I remember playing shows with them back in the day, uh, festivals and stuff like that. Always very nice people. I uh, haven't seen them probably since then, probably around that era, 20, or sorry, 2000, 2001, but... Um, yeah, also, I found a couple bricks in here uh, when my old band, the Supertones, came through, so that was kind of fun, a little memory lane. Everyone signs a brick in the dressing room, and I just happened to find it. 2003. Yeah, my whole joke about that was, like, you'll never see any successful bands that sign this shit. <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. There's Bum Juice. Yeah, Bum Juice is there. Oh, crap. I left off Big Hef also. I guess I guess I'm standing corrected here. Son of Kick, yeah, huge. Yeah, Shattered Son. Uh, DJ Academic. Oh, he's great. I love his early shit. Dude, how about... Just straight up Jackie. What other names we got on the wall? Rulio. Oh, Rulio's? Oh, Weatherly. Oh, Weatherly. Oh, I see Drake was here. Dude, Bert. Surely that's the Drake. Tennis has been here. That's oh, a- my favorite uh, band, Assuming We Survive. Oh, yeah. Have you ever played um, uh, Smith's Old Bar in Atlanta? I don't think I have, no. It's referred to as the poop green room because it's a green room entirely surrounded by this kind of stuff where bands have signed their names, but they've turned it into a poop pun. Oh, okay. That's fun. So you'd have some that like, um, you know, my friend Matthew Perryman Jones, where was written on the wall, Matthew Poopyman Jones. Oh, okay. Copy that. 
uh, Rage Against the Latrines. <laughs> that's a good one. But then some of them are just built in. Kenny Loggins. Oh, of course that's built in. <laughs> so, <laughs> Kenny Loggins. So anyway, here we are in lovely Cleveland. We are an All Metallica podcast. Ethan and I are two professional touring musicians. We are in the midst of a six-week run, and we're going to be talking about the new Metallica song. I'm stoked. I've only listened to it two times. I'm down. So this will be our third time, my third time. We're going to listen together, break down the lyrics, talk a little bit about what it means. That's right, yeah. I don't know what it means. Pretty excited. We've had a lot of chatter on the Discord. People have emailed us. Some of our, most of our emails this week are geared towards the new tune or the new songs. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to dip in. I haven't listened to it in a few days, so kind of feel like I have fresh ears again. All right. Well, let's get to some news real quick. Got a couple things. Uh, the 72 Seasons Global Premiere tickets are, are now available. The showing is April 13th. It seems to be one showing per day in each city or whatever, or that day, around 7, 7.30. We Can't Go will be headlining the Ryman. No oh big deal. Oh, boy. Bummer. Bummer. Um, so get your tickets if you haven't. Uh, also, James Hetfield to appear alongside Peter Dinklage in an upcoming Western thriller production that has begun uh, called The Thicket, which also stars Juliette Lewis, based on Joe R. Lansdale's like-titled book. The film also stars Peter Dinklage, as we said, in Game of Thrones, Juliette Lewis. Hetfield's role has not yet been revealed. It has begun in Canada. In Calgary, the film, which Tubi is producing, focuses on on a kidnapping in West Texas when a killer known as Cutthroat Bill abducts a, abducts a girl. Her brother hires a bounty hunter named uh, Reginald Jones, played by Dinklage, to track her down. He soon finds himself leading the group of misfits who accompany him on his journey. If he appears alongside Peter Dinklage, does that mean he'll be having to get on his knees? And I guess so. Probably and head towards Mordor. It's because Peter Dinklage is a is a short person. <laughs> so that's pretty fun. It's cool. You know, Hetfield, you know, has uh, dipped his toes in the acting world, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, a little um, Dave Ellison news, some positive news coming out of uh, someone who was in Megadeth. Uh, he has, uh, did a recent interview for a, it's a YouTube, like, video interview format on um, called I Ask No One with Kevin uh, Ray Lovolo. Uh, David Ellison was asked if the Black Album helped or hurt the metal community, and he said... He said, ah, it freaking broke the doors down. Metallica were always the leader. They broke all the doors down to every obstacle in the way of heavy metal. Metallica came in, and they, were, and they just fucking said, we're here, we're coming in. They really broke through every obstacle with MTV and, and daytime rotation with their videos and just became a household name. And it's cool because they have metal in their name. So it's not like uh, there's any, what is this? It's like, come on. It says metal right in it. You know what it is. And they did clean it up uh, and pretty it up. They didn't. Oh, sorry. And they didn't clean it up and pretty it up. They just kept it raw and freaking grungy and in your face. And again, authentic. Nice. Yeah. Ellison always keeps it positive. Yeah. Well, and he's right. He's just spitting cold, hard facts. Exactly. Too. Totally. I, I just thought that was a nice contrast from a couple weeks ago talking about, you know, what Mustaine was talking about recently. Right. So this was a nice little palate cleanser. Right. Yeah. But we got, anyways, moving on, we got some uh, new patrons. We got a bunch of them, which is awesome. I'll maybe read the first half. Rohan Bullock. And this is a real name. He re- emailed in Romeo Martini. Hell yeah. I love that name. Even if he doesn't play guitar, he should be the guitar player in an 80s hair metal band. Yes, for real. Romeo Martini. Uh, Trisha, Michael Forbes. Leofric Hilton, The Revolution. Rob D. 2K, Fraser Woodward, Patricia Borsuoska, and Josh Howley. All right. Hell yeah, everybody. I'm chewing on a, a protein bar right now. I can see you bulking up right in front of me. We hung out with Dave Ferraro and Christian Post and Dave's lovely wife, Lindsay, the other night in Boston. And Christian said that in honor of me not making the party, people were crunching ice all around. <laughs> there was a little bit of Unschkreisen. Unschkreisen? What's Unschkreisen, wrong? <laughs> that's some sort of German disease. I, I think, think Unschkreisen is a name on one of these bricks in the, uh, in the Agora Theater. Uh, what else we got here? Shattered Sun. Yeah, yeah Shattered they're Sun. They're huge. St. Asonia. Alang. Yeah. 
This is really good shit in here. Did you say Uncle Jeff yet? I think, I don't know. I didn't see, oh, Seaforth. I love Seaforth's later material. Dude, how about BDP? BDP? Oh, BDP. Yeah, you know me. Oh, and then there was Motorhead down there. I'm sure that was Lemmy himself signing the brick. I'm sure Lemmy got down on his knees and signed that brick. (laughs) We're on most of the main socials. You can find us there. Easiest way to get a hold of us is our email address, metalupyourpodcastshow at gmail.com. We're going to read some emails here, checking on the community. A lot of these are centered around the new song. And then we'll burn the new song down. Let's do it. All right, our first email is from Tim Salento. Is he on one of the bricks, Tim? I don't see him. Yeah, he opened for Poe Daddy. Oh, that's right. Okay. I thought he opened for uh, Shattered Sun, but I I guess I'm wrong. (laughs) Uh, Tim Salento says, hey, guys, do you think there's a chance that the boys play the full 72 Seasons album either front to back or split over both nights on the M72 tour? Uh, I guess we can stop real quick. I'm going to say no. Front to back, no. No, not front to back. Could they potentially do whatever six songs one night six songs the next night sure but i feel like they're going to keep it pretty much kind of like the hardwired tour it's like a lot of you know we want to keep it safe yeah but they're going to dip in i mean they're probably going to do three a night is my guess yeah for sure um he says i'm also curious to see if they'll play the the, the version of all within my hands they played at the helping hands concert then he gives us his wish list for the m72 tour number 10 hero of the day number nine turn the page number eight injustice for all number seven bleeding me outlaw torn or fixer you're cheating there. I see what you're doing, Tim. Cheating, Come on, dude. Tim. Uh, you know what? In- instead of you having three different ones, here's the song I think he's going to have to pick. I can feel it. I can feel it. I think it. Tim was feeling it a little too hard when he was making his list. I think you're right. He absolutely was. <laughs> Number six, Brady Ends of Sanity. Number five, Damage Inc. Four, Until It Sleeps. Three, Sanitarium. Two, Devil's Dance. One, The Thing That Should Not Be. Awesome. Awesome. I hope they Thank- play all of those. Yeah, same. Okay, Tim, thank you. Hans Weston says, how's it going, brothers? New single equals a deep cut. It's a good, dark, groovy song, and it's cool that James has finally found a place for the temptation theme lyric from the Delete That selection of So Kind of Monster, That's by the right. way. The music video evokes the same feeling I had hearing Temptation and Some Kind of Monster. I really liked the TikTok at home jam style teasers. Would love it if they made a video like that for one of those songs. I didn't love the TikTok thing. I mean, I get why they did it. It's The, the teaser thing was the whole point, but... um. I mean, it, it got me excited in the fact that it's like, oh, cool. That means a new song's coming out this week or whatever. It's but. just weird to see them pandering to like the kids, what the kids do. Yeah. What they, 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 they Maybe like, we should do TikTok. Let's, let's do a TikTok. All the kids do TikTok. It's like, come on, dude. You guys are almost 60. You don't have to, you don't have, you know, like what's next? Yeah. You know? Hey, speaking of 60, as of recording this, happy birthday, Jason Newstead. Oh, happy birthday. 60th today. I wouldn't have known if I hadn't seen it on TikTok. Exactly. Well, all the kids are on that. Okay, the song feels more like a deep cut than a single. The placement on the album is pretty far down the track listing. What do you think? We're going to let you know. Um, do you think it's a deep cut? Um, yeah, I think it's probably a deep cut. He says, it didn't hit me in the same way as Lux and Screaming Suicide. Uh, Screaming Suicide is my favorite by far. Love what the bass is doing at the end. Could they have made more of that? Anyway, still a great metallic track. It has a good catchy hook. Cheers, mates. Hans Weston, Wellington, New Zealand. Hey, Wellington, New Zealand. You know, actually, I'm going to retract that. I don't know if it's going to be a deep cut because this one is a good mid-tempo song that would fit great in a stadium set. Yeah. It's an easy song to play. It's nothing like physically demanding. Mm-hmm. So I could see, and you know, they put it out as a single. So I can see this maybe getting a lot of love on the tour. Okay. 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 <laughs> Next email is from Cosmo Mori. He says, hello, gentlemen. Looking forward to your breakdown of this song. I'm pretty underwhelmed. 
I enjoy the chug chug of the guitars, and once again, James sounds fantastic. Not connecting with the lyrics, Kirk solo seems uh, seems long, and it doesn't really seem to go anywhere. After se- several listens, there's nothing that stands out as catchy to me. Um, he goes on to say, when there's uh, uh, when there's new Metallica, I ask myself, is this better than de- demo magnetic stuff? Uh, and in this case, I don't think so. Maybe here you guys break it down will give me some new appreciation for it. Oh, a lot of press. A lot of press. Yeah, we'll see, but. I don't know. I mean, I've seen some mixed reviews on the song. Uh, I've I've only listened to it like two times so far. Uh-huh. Since we're doing this, we're gonna do listen to it two more times, obviously. So, uh, first couple listens, I've been digging it. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't announce itself to me as any kind of future favorite song of mine, right? But we'll see what happens. All right, Jonathan Scheisler, dear handsome professional musicians, those are his words. But I mean, listen, we're in a sold out. We're going to be playing in front of a sold out crowd tonight. His words, I mean, the timing is just perfect. If Darkness Has a Sun, this is his bullet point review. Favorite track of the three released so far. Um, and then he put, I guess, the tab for the chugs. He says it <laughs> chugs a lot, I guess. Kudos to the boys for making open E chugs still sound dynamic. It's one of their superpowers. I've not connected with the lyric, but I guess I'm a music verse lyric second person. And I really dig the music composition. If I had to guess at the writing credit for Kirk, it's the Phrygian riff that opens over the chugs. He just wanted to say Phrygian. Phrygian, yeah. We get it, Jonathan. You know what Phrygian is. <laughs> Last notice, he says it's Eye of the Beholder vibes. Okay. I, I agree. Highlights for me. Papa Head has some Alice in Chain style vocal doubles in the verse sections, which are ear-catching, and this has grown on me with repeated listens. Also, dig the chromatic walk-up and down in the verse section. Always enjoy what I'm assuming are more Kirk color parts in various sections of the song. It feels like a composed solo, blues blended with Phrygian. Here he is again there with the is. toilet paper word of the day. <laughs> he said this weird low justice mash, me likey. Sick chromatic distorted bass step down that slides at the very end of the outro. Give me chugga chugga. These are his lowerish lights. The shuns he doesn't like, he says, but it's a thing. I get it. I would have liked that distorted bass in the extended intro is another part of the repeated element. At least they did some halftime to vary that section. But I really loved that bass sound at the end, although it's like finding a golden ticket, so I'll take it. And he says one of the lower lights is just the lyrics overall. In the end, I can feel it, he says. I can feel it. I can feel it. He didn't say he could feel it twice, though, which leads me to wonder if he could really feel it. Yeah, it's almost... When you say I I, I feel it, I can feel it the first time, it's it's just kind of like a... a I don't know, your body's just changing a little bit. But you're not, you know fully feeling until you say it twice i just don't know if he can really feel it let us know next time yeah maybe write in another email just let us know if you can really feel it yeah (laughs) all right dennis um avila says what's up brothers well let me tell you something brother i have an honest question about 72 seasons and what your opinions are now before i ask this i just want to preface this by saying i'm in no and by no means trying to cause a divide in the fan base or cause an outrage but I think the Metal Up Your Podcast community, other than the Metal Police, is by far the, the best part of the Metallica fan base, and we're capable of having an honest and civil discussion about the greatest heavy metal band of all time. We'll see. We'll see about that. Because at the end of the day, <clears throat> it all comes down, uh, c- c- sorry, it comes from a place of love. Now, with that being said, in my opinion, I don't really feel good about this next album cycle. Sure, the songs are catchy, but it just feels like something is missing. When Lux Eterna came out, I was through the roof about the song. But when I gave it some time... And then it kind of fell off for me. All the shuns in the lyrics and the, uh, at the end of every line, Kirk solo and how the riffs are repeated over and over. And I feel the same about Screaming Suicide. The lyrics just feel a bit on the weaker side and so do the solos. And with Darkness, although I feel as 
as it is the most different song to come out of the cycle so far, I can't help but to feel a little confused by it. The song just feels off to me. But the weird thing is, there's no way to really explain it. They just don't sound like singles to me. I also feel this way about the art and the music videos that accompany the songs. The artwork for the singles feels a bit feels a little lazy and, and phoned in, and all the videos are in the same style as the last one. Anyway, I've rambled on too much, but let me know what you guys think. This is all my opinion, and if you guys disagree, that's okay. I hope 72 Seasons is their best record to date because I love Metallic with all my heart, and I wish them all the best. Cheers, guys. So you'll uh I'm blanking on his name. Sorry, Dennis. Dennis from San Antonio, Texas, New Jersey, Father Earth. Yeah, I mean, I haven't really seen I haven't been on Discord and I haven't really been on Reddit or anything, and God knows I'm not on the fucking forums. No, no. But it does seem like from reading these emails that that uh response might be pretty divided here. Yeah, it's very divided. Mixed reviews. Mixed reviews, yeah. Well we're gonna burn it down twice here coming up and uh we'll give our honest review. We'll, we're gonna listen to it two times? Isn't that what you said? I said I've only listened to it two uh, times. I think you said I wanna listen to it time two times. I resonate with all this, honestly. The first time I I've just been so busy out here. I've not literally had time to listen. Yeah, totally. And my first listen, I was falling asleep on the bus. And there are definitely things I like about it, but I do I do resonate with him saying he's been confused by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The solo is really long. I was really surprised to hear how long the solo is. None of the lyrics on any of these songs has really grabbed me. I talked a lot about that on the last single. Right, yeah. But it may be one of those growers. Mm-hmm, for sure, you know, you just never know. But but I'm I'm resonating with that. It's not, and it, it's juxtaposed with me with the new Dave Matthews shit because the new Dave Matthews shit was like it blew my mind. That first single they put out was great. And so these are just two of my favorite bands that have been on. You know, Dave came out in '92, mm-hmm. so it's almost like Pearl Jam. They're about ten years behind, but right. both bands have made ten albums. Both bands mm-hmm. kind of heyday for me was the '90s, so there's like parallels there for me. Yeah. Um. I think I, don't know. I think I'm really excited to to revisit the th- three songs in context with the entire album. Mm-hmm. Once it comes out, it'll be fun to listen to it front to back, and because you know sometimes it's you know it can make not make or break a song, but it might change the way you feel about it if like that song leading into the, let's say you know Lux Lux Eternal or whatever, or coming out of that, what's next? You know, sandwiched together might make you feel a bit different about it. I just I'm just excited to hear it in context with the whole record. It's not doing to me what Moth and the Flame did though. Yeah, true. I like Lux more than Hardwired, mm-hmm. but Screaming Suicide, I mean, I've not been tempted to listen to that song. Yeah. Yeah. And this one, when I was listening to it, honestly, what I was thinking, and this is resonating with these emails, was, oh man, I'm gonna have to talk about this on the podcast, and I don't know if I can bullshit anybody about it. <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. I'm not in the mood. Yeah. Um. So we'll see. I love the chugs in it. Oh, yeah, for sure. But the lyrics I find a little perplexing. We'll dive into those. Mm-hmm. I think the snare sounds pretty weird, too, at the top. Let's just dive into it and listen to it and see what's going on. We'll throw that Patreon jingle somewhere else. and Let's, just, let's get into it while the momentum's cracking. Yeah, let's do it. I'm ready. All right, right off the bat, let's hit pause. Okay. The kick drum and the snare sound really sampled. Uh, they do. I, I mean, I would be shocked if they didn't layer, uh, blend in a sample over Lars's Which kicks, snare, and toms. Uh, someone told us, I can't remember, someone we've interviewed for the podcast told us they even did that with the Black Album. Yeah. So that's no problem. It just sounds like way in the front. It does. Like, well, especially when the drums are just solo by themselves like that. I think right off the bat that the, just the kick four count into the snare thing, which is basically the chug, unnecessary. Hmm. I think the song should start off, you know? Totally. Um, it just seems kind of weird that they, there's this, this little snippet of just the drums by itself. I got to say, too, I went back and listened to Hardwired the other night. I was just feeling it. Oh, were you really? Yeah, I, felt, I could feel it. I could feel 
And I had some similar feelings about it this time around, yeah. having some distance. I was listening to Now That We're Dead, mm-hmm. and it's got that rolling tom thing. And right. they're just so punchy and loud, and like, yeah. you can really get to a point where they don't sound like real drums. Yeah, and I, yeah, because there's, it is a fine line of, of how you blend those things in with the actual drum samples, you know? I mean, Paul does it his studio. It's a common practice these yeah. days. It's not like it's some thing that only Metallica's doing. He did it with uh, with uh, Lunar Satan and with Going Supernova. Yeah, 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 exactly. He did it with he did it with my record. I mean, he does it all the time. It's it's, it's nothing to be ashamed of or nothing that's bad. Um, it, all it really does is just improve the sound of the drums, or it should. You know, in this it just case, pokes out too much to me, and it kind of wears me out. Yeah, and I mean, I kind of find the drums that the sound basically just like hardwired. Yeah. Like there's not much sonic difference. And Metallica has always been that band with the exception of load and reload. Every record has sounded a lot different from the last yeah. one, you know? So right. I was kind of surprised how similar this sounded to hardwired. Right. I'm still thankful for a new Metallica record coming out and that it sounds good overall. You're just going to be the, you're going to be the, the, uh, the jelly on this whole episode, aren't you? What is I'm going to be the peanut butter. You're going to be the jelly. In a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to remain optimistic because it's my, you know, our favorite band, and and I'm just stoked to have new Metallica music. But I'm willing to pick it apart. Yeah, well, let's go. God, the chugs are sick. I know they're awesome. Like if it just started with that. Yeah. I like the Phrygian. Is that a Phrygian mode? Is that Phrygian? Or Lydian. <laughs> I mean, I really like that. I think that's better than the hook at the top of Screaming Suicide. Yeah, same. I love Kirk's part there. That's some Justice shit right there. Yep. What does that sound like on Justice? It sounds like the song in Justice uh, it's, for it's All. Also, it also sounds like Oh, no, that's Eye of the Beholder, right? Uh, the Chugs remind me of the Beholder. That little riff that James starts playing reminds me of a shortest straw. That's what it is. Is that James doing that? Yeah, it's James doing that. How do you know that? I was watching the video. Oh, there's a video. Can we turn this and see it? Yeah. Hey, let's let's get in close. Here. I haven't seen this yet. Oh, okay. Well, shit. Can we make it big? Oh, there it is. Yeah. All right, moving on. I like this halftime feel. Mm-hmm. Ah, I love the song. <laughs> like, let's make a video where there are no lights on us. I know, right? Oh, he's playing that snake-covered I like this verse. It's just, I, it's, I do, too. It's so different. And it's kind of like the, the, the chorus fuel drums to me. I mean, third time's the charm for me so far. Yeah. Dude, this chorus sounds like Ghost. Oh yeah, it's and I know he's a fan of oh, Ghost, yeah. but this this chorus sounds poppy like Ghost. I dig it. It's catchy, man. Why won't Temptation just leave him be? <laughs> That's a great riff. 
Oh, is Kirk doubling it, or is he just doing chugs under that? Sounds like he's doubling it. I kind of like how this like catchy temptation part is almost like the lead into the verse. It's not like the big chorus part, you know? Right. Yeah, I can hear the Alice in Chains yeah. effects on the vocal. More shuns. Mm-hmm. James just has a book in his writing room that's just like a book of shuns. Yeah, totally. His voice sounds great. Bathing in holy water, pretty good for the skin. Yeah, it's great. a really great exfoliant. It really is, man. That riff's cool, too. Mm-hmm. There's a real heavy, slower thing during the solo. Yeah. They do it again, I think, on the third verse. This part right here has some reload load vibes. Not that part. Not that. When it first kicked in. That riff. Yeah. That almost sounds like Pantera. Yeah, it really does. Shit, that riff is so cool. I mean, that solo is awesome. Yeah, that's his best one of the three so far. Propagating. Is he talking about gardening? Yeah. I mean, if darkness had a sun, it's talking about the sun coming out so that the flowers will grow. Right, yeah. And so his bees can pollinate. He's saying if darkness had a sun, like S U N. That's right. This isn't, a, this isn't a song about parenting. <laughs> See, you flower, you you need the sun, and then you you water the flower bed with holy water. Right, and then it grows. Just grows an entire field of burritos that I will eat. Oh, amen. I got a burrito coming here in a minute. Hell yeah. Oh, that's a high note. Love that. You think he's going to hit that live? Hope so. They'll be down a half step live, but that's still pretty damn high even then. Ah, there it is. They were like, this riff's too badass. We're going to tag this on. Yeah, we got to do it too. again for sure. Love that octave. (laughs) 
What is that? Is that bass going? Wow! Yeah. All right. Well, okay. Look, here's the deal. I fucking love it. It's my favorite song now of the three of all time. And um, okay, yeah, that's Uh, that's my favorite of the three for sure. The most interesting one. It's very interesting. Like Lux comes out of the gate hot. It hits you hard. It reminds you. You know, it's their throwback. Kill them all. Yeah. And then Screaming Suicide, I don't even know where to put that. But this is yeah. really interesting and really cool. Yeah, I think it's really cool. And I think, I mean, James is such a king of taking one note, a one note chug and just changing the pattern and it's just bitching. I, and I, th- I know people have said like, uh, the shortest straw, eye of the beholder. But when you, th- the, like the way those verses are and that chorus, it doesn't sound like anything they've done. Yeah. That is one of the catchier choruses. Like yeah. I mean, that and the Allison Change vi- vibe in it, I really dig in that pre-chorus. Maybe that chorus is a little similar to uh, Cyanide. Yeah, a little bit in terms of it's kind of it's got this poppy thing about yeah. it. Yeah, but I mean this this to me stands out way higher than Screaming Suicide. Screaming Suicide kind of just already felt like a deep cut from Hardwired or something like I, that. I really loved it just then. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, same man. I mean, that's that that's that's the most enjoyment I've I've gotten. I mean, again, I've only listened to the song a couple times. But that's the most excited I've been about it, and it, maybe it's because we're doing this together for the show or whatever, but now I'm like, fuck, man, this song's awesome. Let's check these lyrics out. Yeah. Temptation, temptation, wait, wait, temptation. Wait, tempt- and then what's up? What's interesting is it says written by not applicable. Um, the beast still shouts for what it's yearning. He stokes the fire, desire burning, the never-ending quenchless craving, the unforgiving misbehaving. If darkness had a son, here I am. Temptation is his father. If darkness had a son, here I am. I bathe in holy water. Temptation, leave me be. Uh, these don't blow me away. It's definitely what it, you know. Mm-hmm. It seems very Jamesy, right? James is a troubled dude. He's been writing about it his entire adult life. Yeah. Um. So paint your eyes as black as sorrow. Hide yourself beneath behind tomorrow. That's good. The nightmare search for infiltration and domination, captivation. There's those are the shuns. Yeah. Return again to where it's darkest. Dragging home this heathen harvest. That's good too. And all the children subjugated, manipulated, propagated. Um, I don't know what some of this means. Mm-hmm, sure. Which is no big deal. I'm not a genius. <laughs> um, and I've always been attracted to lyrics that are just more like collage feelings. Right. Um, it would be nice to hear him write about something that made him happy. Yeah. I don't know if he's ever done that. Has he ever done that? Um, I guess that's not very on brand for Metallica, is it's, it? No, it's not very on brand for Metallica, <laughs> I mean, are they going to you know write a walking on sunshine sometime soon or <laughs> soak up the sun? I guess Kill 'Em All is the closest they got to that. Kill 'Em All is like all like call to arms for the metal militia. Yeah, totally. Let's kick some ass. Let's have a good time. Yeah, we're in leather. Let's break some shit. Let's fucking get together. Totally. Yeah. Let's let's put on a you know a, a leopard glove. Right. <laughs> leopard glove and bullet belt. And then right after that, they're talking like nuclear fallout. Yeah. Death totally. penalty. I mean, I guess if you've been working, if you've been working out that muscle for as long as James has, it's probably really hard to get out of that, out of that darkness in, in lyrically. Um, yeah, I, I can't think of any other examples where it's like something like a positive. <laughs> someone, is that say the Beatles? Did someone write the oh, Beatles yeah. on here? Sorry, we're talking about the bricks, everybody. I guess I, the Beatles played here. I did see the Beatles there. Yeah. I guess here's me turning forty, and we've been studying Metallica every week for six years now. I guess it's hard to hear a guy who is still dealing with the same shit mm-hmm. like halo on fire right hell and back yeah like you know all the saint anger material mm-hmm. uh that he you know kill 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 i cling too tightly i push the things away i love yeah. 
Right. Um, it's just that same milieu. And maybe maybe he's actually doing really well. He looks great. He does look great. Yeah. And obviously we don't know him, and we're not like speculating too much. He's been through some shit personally. Of course. With his family and with sobriety and stuff, but maybe he just knows what Metallica's brand is. That's what I was, I was going to kind of say something along the lines of that, that I'm sure he's thought about, well, if I write something more positive, this and that, like, are people just going to fucking crush it? Yeah. And hate it because it's not on brand. Well, I'm thinking now about like, I'm thinking about, is this like an unreasonable standard to hold a band to? And I'm thinking about other of my favorite bands that have been around this long. And I guess that's similar. I mean, Dave Matthews always wrote existentially. He was Mm -hmm. either writing about fucking or he was writing about (laughs) dealing with death. Right. Eat, drink, be merry for tomorrow we die. Right. Right. You got that. Then you got your crash enemies. Hike up your skirt a little more. I Mm want to fuck you on a park bench in, in Central Park, whatever. Right. But I'm thinking about Tool, too, which Tool's whole last record, as I've talked about in this podcast, is about getting older yeah, and about struggling with that stuff. Um, There's probably ways that he could maybe change the direction of the lyrics, but still kind of having these darker undertones. I think just as a listener and as a, as a man of a certain age and as a songwriter, I, I guess I'm just hearing some of this. And I think our, I think some of our listeners are feeling this way, too. Who are, they're not connecting with these lyrics. Right. Yeah. Um, Burning them down just as poetry, they don't bug me too much. They yeah. don't really reach into me. Yeah, sure. Um, but they're fine, I guess. They sound dark and scary. Yeah, I mean, the, and the, the chorus, you know, it's definitely catchy. If darkness has a son, here I am. Temptation is his father. If darkness has a son, here I am. I bathe in holy water. Um, I think my favorite line of this whole thing is, so paint your eyes as black as sorrow. Hide yourself behind tomorrow. Yeah, that's, that's real good. That's pretty bitching. That's pretty good. Yeah. The nightmares search for infiltration in domination captivation. <laughs> Shun, shun, shun. You just borrowed that from Blackened. I did. He's like, what shuns did I did I not use in Blackened? I wonder if they, that's what he opens up that shun book. He's got a whole book of shun. That's right. That's and what he calls like it. like red marker crossed out all the shuns he's I used. wonder if they're going to do the uh, making of stuff where you can kind of see it all take shape. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool to see. I would definitely love to see it. I know other people have, now that we've watched the video too, there was one in one of the emails talking about how all the videos kind of look the same, which first of all, my probably accurate guess is they spent a week in LA yeah, they filmed X amount of videos, and I think, and this is only going to be a guess, and people can, can confirm it after the, the the premiere on the thirteenth. My guess is they they're doing it cohesively so that when you're watching all these visuals in the theater, it all kind of blends together, right? You know, rather than like on the, all the hardwired videos, all looked very different, right? But that the intention wasn't for people to sit in the theater, listen to it, and watch visuals. That's why I think they kind of are keeping this cohesive is for the the point of watching this front to back, right? They probably, yeah, they probably just knocked it all out. They probably, yeah. they probably had someone uh, do like all the treatment and conception of it. They signed off on it, storyboarded mm-hmm. it, and then they just knocked it out. I mean, they look cool. The cool looking video, well shot. The lighting's great. Yeah. I think the screaming suicide, or no, no, I'm sorry. It was the, uh, it, was, it must have been Lux Eterna uh, with all the lasers mm-hmm. coming down over That was Lux. That was bitching. Yeah. And like when Kirk Solo kicks in, it turns red. Yeah. You know? I, I think it's all good. Yeah. I think it's cool. I'm not blown away. But that's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Definitely favorite so far. I can't remember how I felt during Hardwired. I can't remember. I remember being a lot more jazzed up, but yeah. I was in a different spot. Different spot. It, I mean, this one isn't. That, you know, the gap isn't that much longer than we had to wait for Hardwired. That was eight years. This is like what is a six? A, a, that's like six and ten months or whatever it is. You know, it's yeah. But I mean, uh, the Lux Eterna thing I think was so exciting too, and that came out because it was like, oh fuck, here it is. Mm-hmm. You know, the first one's always exciting. You know, um, 
and it just dropped out of nowhere. Someone mentioned on uh, in the emails about the artwork, which I haven't seen much of, and I haven't been reading the comments, but I I scroll through Reddit every day, mm-hmm. and I did see someone on the Metallica Reddit. You know, you can see like the front page of a comment, then you can click on it and read what everyone says. Right. The front page of it. I guess had the artwork for this, which is the yellow shit with like that silhouette guy falling down. Mm -hmm. And someone just wrote, what the fuck is this? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's obviously a theme. I mean, each single, it's like the silhouette of the dude. Right. One's coming through the door. I wonder who that guy is. I don't know. Maybe it's a young Torben. Oh, it's like I've seen someone go walk into this yellow room. <laughs> Sounds want to fall into the yellow floor. It looks like the sun is in here. S U N. He's just looking for that carpet. He really is. What did I put my carpet? It's, did uh, I leave it in the yellow room? Unfortunately, it's a yellow carpet, so I can't find it. Well, I mean, what do you think? Just, I mean, overall, I mean, I I was prepared to dislike it more, I, but I really liked it. I really dig the song, and the solo is great. I dig the solo. Uh, my my first listen through was. We were, me and my wife were in Brooklyn heading back into the city to play our second show in New York. I had my ears in. I listened. I told him, like, hey, I'm listening to this real quick. And then I just felt like I wasn't really focused. You know, I'm on a train. I was kind of felt a little grumpy that morning. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't in a good headspace. So, but today, you and I listened a to it. A homeless person like, was vomiting on your shoes. They were defecating on my kneecap. It yeah. was really weird. Yeah. Um, but you and I, being at this awesome venue, we're going to play a great show tonight. Listen to this together. This is the best listen through I've had. And I think I, I'm going to play a mediocre show tonight. Ah, oh, fair. I've I've given every, I've given America nine great shows. Yeah, I think tonight I'm gonna I'm gonna cook it down a notch. Yeah, just cook on medium. Yeah, to see what happens. Yeah, I might go down to simmer. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, this is a short and sweet one because we're busy as shit out here. It's yeah. been nice seeing the people coming out. Shout out to Jamila who also came to New York. That's right. Yeah. Shout out to Sarah and Jean. Mm-hmm. Sarah and Jean came to New York. We're gonna tomorrow. We're gonna see uh, uh, Aaron Anthony, Anthony Broom as well and Aaron Ginther. That's right. Um, I don't know. I think Kendallin's coming. Awesome. And happy birthday, Kendallin. I think she just celebrated her fourteenth birthday. Oh man. Me and Aaron text a lot just about dad shit. Where it's sure, like, yeah. I'm like, dude, I'm gonna need your help. I'm gonna need <laughs> your help when this is all coming for me. What do I he, do? He's a little further along than me, so he's. He's going to have to sherpa me through that. All right. Anything else we want to say to the babies out there? It's fun seeing some listeners out on the road. Oftentimes we can't get out of the venue to say hello, but we're thankful you're coming and supporting us and Morgan. And we're out here having a great time. We're busy. It's tiring. We miss our families. We miss home. But uh, we're going to forge on. Yeah. And uh, appreciate you all listening. Yeah. We love you guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Hey, everyone. Clinton Ethan here. And we want to tell you about a little thing called Patreon. Patreon is an easy and interactive way to support the people who make the things that you love. For as little as five bucks a month, you can ensure that Metal Up Your Podcast can continue to grow in quality and content. That's equivalent to a cup of coffee or a beer once a month. Not only is it easy and affordable, but we've made it a priority since day one to give back to our Patreon community. We've given away deluxe box sets, rare vinyl, black and whiskey, concert tickets to SM2 and Slane Castle, all four of our Cover Our World Black and EPs, 26 quarantine covers, and Lunar Satan demos, invitations to exclusive Zoom happy hours, the ability to ask our guests like Jay Weinberg of Slipknot, Lizzie Hale, and members of the Metallica crew your very own questions, and eligibility for our Metal Tale series where you can be a guest on Metal Up Your Podcast and tell us all about a notable Metallica show you've been to. Subscribe to Patreon today and immediately get access to years' worth of bonus content. Thank you for supporting the people who make the things that you love. Peace. Adios.
I can't talk about it anymore. It's giving me a headache. Here, take two of these. Ah, new print. Little, yellow, different. If you were our advisor, what would you say? Then I would say, delete that.